deal with them. The first one was be refusing to mutually submit to one another or to authority figures in your life. In other words, if you want to do life alone and you think you're always right all the time, guess what? That's not a healthy way to build friendships or community. It won't last. Number two, fear. Fear says, I don't want to be hurt again, so I refuse to do life with other people. I'm going to protect my heart. And we dealt with that spirit of fear and acknowledging that when we have relationships, we do get hurt sometimes. But it's worth loving and serving and connecting than closing off our hearts in isolation and hiding. Three, pride. Pride says, I do not need you. If you're struggling with pride, it says, I don't need you. And that, of course, will break down community quickly. The fourth thing is poor relationship boundaries. If you don't value yourself as much as God values you, you'll lower your value and your standards, and and you'll invite all kinds of craziness, drama, hurt, and pain into your life because you won't have any healthy boundaries up. So everything will come rushing in. And when that does, other healthy people around you will not want to spend time with you because your life is just completely blown up. So not judging yourself, what we do is we begin to choose to make wise choices by aligning ourselves with God and the Word of God. And if we have broken spots in our life, it's not a problem. God can help us. That's what he does. He's our redeemer. And I want to give you an illustration of, of boundaries and how that works. So in my wallet here is a $25 uh, gift card to Petro-Canada. Okay? So this card this, it was given to me and to my family. Um, I can use this however I want at a Petro-Canada. Isn't that right? So if I go to one of the gas stations, I can say, you know, I'm feeling like a, a Mars bar today, you know, or, or a candy bar. So you go in, you spend a couple bucks, and the next day you go in and you think, I need, I need one of those uh, Dr. Peppers today. And you, you get a Dr. Pepper, or you need chocolate milk, or you need a slushy one day, or you go in the next day, I need a bag of chips. How many of you just sometimes need a bag of chips? There's only a few honest people. I saw only three hands in the whole audience. Okay, four, five, okay, six. It's like an auction. We just kind of start going. Okay, so, you know, pretty. You, you get another treat one day, and, and then all of a sudden, let's say it's Thursday, payday's on Friday, and the light turns on in the cart. It says, and, uh, fuel light on, fuel low. You go, oh, I need some gas. And payday's not till tomorrow, and um, I got a trip to take. I, oh, that's right. I've got my card. I got that gift card. You go in and you go to swipe it, and they say, oh, I'm sorry, sir, your card's empty. Oh. You know, if we spend all of our investments on little things here and there that don't matter, when it comes time to make that major investment that you need to make, you'll be emotionally, spiritually, physically bankrupt. You won't have what it takes because you've already spent it on those little things. So when you have healthy boundaries, you know you can't invest in everyone. You invest in the people that God put in your life on purpose. Start with your circle, your, your spouse if you're married, uh, if you're in a family, your, your, your biological. Start with your family. Start with your loved ones and then work out from there. And you invest with the people who are the closest to you. And then you work out so that you aren't bankrupt on the day that you need it the most. Okay? So that's how that works. Make sure to make wise investments in the people closest to you, in your brothers and sisters, your Christian family. So today, 
We're not going to talk about breakers. We're going to talk about builders. Everybody give me a good muscle pose here. We're going to talk about builders. Okay, last week was breakers. This week it's builders. There's four ways to build community. And these are practical things that I've applied in my life and I believe will open the kingdom of God on earth for you wherever your community is. Number one, this is the most important one. You have to believe and you have to depend on that you are a Holy Spirit-empowered son or daughter of God. It starts with the basic. You can't go out there in your own strength, your own wisdom, your own toughness and say, I'm just going to change this place. I'm going to fix these people. I'm going to turn this place around. That's not the spirit of Christ. You have to come in as a dependent child of God, looking to the Father for your resourcing, for your power, for the Holy Spirit to do it. We come in to serve, and here's how it works. We come in to bless people. As a child of God, you have to come in with this mindset, I'm here to bless them. I'm not coming for me, I'm going for them. And what is blessing? Blessing, get a, this is the metaphor of blessing. Blessing is when you kneel down and all those around you get lifted up. It's like a teeter-totter. So, in other words, you go down in humility and you speak life and bless other people, they get lifted up, everyone around you. How do most marriage proposals start? The husband, the groom, he kneels down, he takes something very expensive, and he gives it to the fiance and hoping that she says yes. That's the picture of what God has done for us through Jesus Christ and now what we're supposed to do for everyone around us. We bless those around us. Here's the key. We don't go out to get affirmation. When we go out to the community, don't go looking for your affirmation. We go out to give it. We get, in for, we get our affirmation in the house. We get affirmation from our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be our name, his name. We go to the Father first. We get, his, we get our affirmation in the house, in this believer's house here and in our personal secret place. We get affirmed by our heavenly Father, and then we go out and we give affirmation out there. But don't go looking for it for yourself. You'll be highly disappointed if you go out there looking for it. So we go out in great power, and we give away what our daddy has given us. You know, you can only give what you have. So the first thing is to be empowered by the Holy Spirit in the secret place. Seek your father, and then go give the gifts that you have to the people that he's put in your life out there. We're not looking to be served. We're looking to serve. See how you have to attitude. The attitude switches the mindset. It's not about us out there. It's about them. Because they're valuable to God. They are created in his image. John 15, 5 says this. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So apart from Jesus and connecting to God, our, our works out in the community are nothing. So let's not even attempt to try to do it without him. Be with Jesus first and then go and do. So it's be, then do. Be with Jesus and then go do. Doing is great, but be first, then do. Belong, believe, become. Belonging is first. Being with the Father is first. Then go and do. Zechariah 4, 6, 
So the angel answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. God's trying to teach us, we are not going to bring a revolution of love by force in our community. We do it by the Holy Spirit. So every morning, you align yourself and you surrender your life, your mind, will, and emotions, your spirit, and your physical body in alignment with the Holy Spirit, like this. You speak it over yourself, over your family, your children, every morning. You're not going to go out there and try to be the hero. You're going to go where your father tells you to go. You're on his team. So where do we go when we're feeling empty? You know, some days you don't feel like you've been empowered yet. And I just love Psalm 23, verse 1 and 5. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want or lack. Same word. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. Does that mean something to you? Who's shepherding your life right now? Where are there areas of lack in your life and you realize you've been with the wrong shepherd? Because when you're with the right shepherd, you don't lack. You're not wanting. Your contentment is filled. But when you go out in the community and your head's down, you've got nothing to give, guess what? You ain't building community that day. You've been with the wrong shepherd. You need to let the shepherd, Jesus, shepherd your soul, fill you up so that when you go out, you've got something to give. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. You have everything you need when you've been with the Father. When he sets the table of community at his house, you can go out to the community filled up with his table and take it to them. It says, my cup runneth over. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. If you find yourself constantly worried that you're short or lacking or without enough for what you need, maybe you should look at what table you've been dining at. Whose table have you been eating at if you have lack everywhere? It hasn't been the Father's table. But when you're with Daddy, like, when the, like I told you this before, when the Holy Spirit told me, he told me one day when I was in the pantry, he said, Mark, you are the most favored guest of the house in your Father's house. I said, what? He said, Mark, you are the most favored guest in your Father's house. I said, I am? There was 40 people in the house. He said, you are, because you are the son of your father. You can have his keys to his car. He'll give you the cash in his bank account. You can sleep in his house. You can eat his food. Everything that's his is yours. And, and are, do you deserve it, Mark? How did you earn this privilege? I was born into it. I was born into it. I'm my father's son. I didn't do anything. I just showed up. Actually, I didn't even do that. My mom did that part. I got to correct that. My mom birthed me. You got to know who your father is so that when you go to build community, you don't go with your own resources. You go with the fathers. Whose table have you been eating at? Because when you eat at the table of the Lord, it's or the spread is already out. We got to remember who we're representing. We got to know who we're, who, who, what kind of ambassador are we going to be? 
ambassador of doubt, ambassadors of criticism, uh, ambassadors of pointing fingers, ambassadors of, are we garbage takers when we go out and point all the garbage out? Is that the ambassador that God has called us to be? When you spend time in the presence of the glory of God, we are ambassadors of the king, ambassadors of Jesus Christ, and his glory and his holiness flows through you to the world. It shines a different way. We are not poor. Like I wrote, you ain't poor when you've been with God. And you might think I'm just talking about money. I'm talking about everything. You ain't poor when you've been with the Father. Did you see Jesus worried about how to pay rent? Was he going around, well, I hope, you know, I hope, hope we can get those taxes in order, Peter. I'm, I'm worried about this. We're going to have to start a, a, a project here to get some money going. He told Peter, why don't you just get, go down and go fishing, and there'll be a fish there, and you can get a couple coins out of there, one for me, one for you. We don't want to offend anybody. If Jesus can get money out of fish, I'm pretty sure he wasn't struggling. Jesus wasn't poor. He knew who he was. He knew who his dad was. He had access to everything. But the most important thing he had was love with the Father, obedience with the Father, good alignment, and then he gave that away to 12 men. That's what we do in the community. 2 Peter 1, 3, and 4 says this, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. I mean, that's so good. That's almost too hard to be. His divine power has given us everything we need. Everything we need. It's right in the Bible. Well, I kind of lack here and I lack here and I don't have this, I don't have that. His divine power has given you everything you need for a godly life through knowledge of him who is Jesus, called us by his own glory and goodness. His great and precious promises. We have everything we need. We got to stop thinking like our, 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 our spiritual and emotional bank account's empty. We have to start living like our dad is the father of all, a father of lights. I'm, I'm trying to change the way I think. I don't want to go, well, I grew up uh, middle class and I have this job and I'm going to try my best. If that's the most you have to offer to people, they probably don't want it. But if you say, well, my dad created the universe and he has everything and he owns everything and he's putting me in charge to serve and love people, make it a better place and to bring order to chaos and to pronounce forgiveness in Jesus' name and redemption and reconciliation and uh, it's already paid for, and I have to be the distributor. Like, which dad do you want to meet? Who do you want to hang out with? And when you come in a spirit of humility and love, there's no offense there. The only offense that can be there is Jesus Christ himself, and every man has to deal with Jesus on his own, whether he will accept him or not. But at least you can bring Christ there and say, do you want this Jesus? So here's the bottom line. We have to go out daily with an attitude like this. Today, anything's possible. I met a guy in university. He said, why not today be the best day of your life? I thought he was joking or kidding me. He was serious. He said, why isn't today? Why can't today be the best day of your life? I go, man, you're, way, you're thinking way higher than me. 
But if we know whose we are and who we are and what we have, then we can build community in a healthy way. Anything is possible with God. When you, that's what I love going to serve or go out in the community. You know that day God's going to bring you somebody in your workplace. You know if you say, God, here I am, use me today, you know they're coming. It could be at the gas station. It could be at work. It could be, you just have to have your spiritual eyes and ears open, and God's going to walk them right through the door. And you just got to be that friend that stands in the gap for them. All right, that's number one. Number two, this is one of my favorite ones that my wife and I love to live. Community builder number two is life talk. All right, here's life talk. You can't build up with your hands what you tear down with your mouth. You can't build up with your hands what you tear down with your mouth. I give that quote to the Holy Spirit. You can't build up with your hands what you're tearing down with your mouth. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary building up, that I may impart grace to the hearers. No word. It didn't say once in a while it's okay to just throw a real negative, sarcastic, hurtful word out there. It says no word, no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary. So you got to look at your life. you got to ask your spouse and your closest friends, does your life resemble a construction zone or a demolition zone? Would they say you're a builder or a destroyer with your words? Look around you. Talk to your friends. Would they say, I always feel better after being in your presence or I, already, I, I feel worse after being with you? There's two ways. There's no middle ground. You're going up on the elevator or you're crashing down with the sledgehammer. The spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free. I I can speak life. I refuse to speak death over people. I refuse to be negative over organizations and people and cities. I refuse it. I don't have time to agree with demonic forces and and, and evil and, and curses. I don't have time for that. That's not what I'm on this planet for. I'm on this planet as a representative of the Father to speak life over people and say, guys, guess what? The kingdom is at hand. It's right here. Believe in Jesus Christ. You have a whole other way of life. I want to tell you some good news. That's life talk. It's a lot of fun. There's no heaviness with life talk. You're free all the time. There's no laws against encouraging people. Try it. I mean, they might think you're weird that you would encourage them because they're so used to being negative. It might shock them. This is a really fun one. When someone comes at you with negativity, let's say they just slam you or whatever, speak life right back into it. Go with the opposite, which is go with the Holy Spirit, speak life right into them and their family, and they'll kind of shake and they'll go, they'll go, what? I, what are you, I was just joking, man. I, I, and, and they just add it, everything shifts because you just spoke life right over them. Oh, we got another word coming. Hey, guys, let's welcome up my beautiful wife, Katrina. Hi. Mark, uh, Mark asked me, Elizabeth can attest to this if she's in the room, but Mark asked me this morning, do you have a word? I was like, nope, faster than fast, nope. He asked me yesterday, you got a word to share? Nope, 
I said, but, you know, if the Lord speaks to me, we'll go from there. And he's like, come on up. So here I am. Um, Life Talk is a big deal. And I was thinking about this as we were worshiping that um, Pastor Kevin talks a lot about righteous or right. You can be righteous or right. And um, I am the first one to say I hate confrontation. Like, I, I really despise confrontation. But the reality is when we are in relationship with people, there are going to be things that happen that rub us the wrong way. Things we do that rub somebody else the wrong way, something they do that rubs us the wrong way. Or, you know, as Mark was saying, somebody speaks something negative over you and they're just joking and you respond back with a positive life speaking word. That's Mark. That's like his personality. Me, on the other hand, I'm kind of like, oh, Jesus, help me not to say something I shouldn't say to them. Right. And, and it's, it's like, I'm just being totally honest. Like, help me not to just speak out of my flesh back. But that's where, that's where we have that opportunity to speak life and to engage in conversation. And by no means am I perfect at this, like not even close. But when, when confrontation happens, and it does, unfortunately, I see it as unfortunate. Others are probably like, bring it on, but not my style of personality. Um, I've had to learn through, the, through hard ways to say, I can agree to disagree. So I don't have to engage in a confrontation and prove that I'm right. Because so many times when there is a a point of difference, um, it's all about just proving I'm right. And I'm smarter and I'm quick-witted or I'm sarcastic with my words or I can cut you down faster than you can say the next thought that comes out. Because that was the way I was raised. My dad's really sarcastic. So I grew up in a very sarcastic environment with him where we used words very quickly and then I married this guy. Holy smokes. Talk about, <laughs> talk about a guy who doesn't like sarcasm. So that was a quick learning curve on how to use my words in a way that built people up. So I might enter into a conversation or a confrontation, and it's really important that at the end of that confrontation, I can still walk away and say, I'm going to agree to disagree. Or, you know what, you and I might see this vastly different, and I'm okay with that. And, and they might not be, and that's on them. But I have to be able to walk away and say, I'm okay that you and I see this differently. That doesn't mean you're wrong. Doesn't mean you're stupid, you're dumb, you're an idiot. All these terrible things. And golly, Facebook, can we just like take a pause here as Christians and agree that any social media, like Facebook is the one I use, but any social media is really not the platform to engage? Like, Come on, Christians, we are better than that. Like, that is just not the place to try to prove your point. Listen, maybe ask questions, and then at the end of that, say, it's okay, because your relationship with me matters way more than me trying to prove to you that I'm right. So that's just all I wanted to say. (laughs) That's awesome. Thank you. Well, if you want to come back and share more, the table is open. That's good. That's right. Relationship over being right. Proverbs 11, 11 says this, By the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted, but it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. The city is exalted by the blessing of the upright, or it's overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. What do you speak over your city? 
What do you speak over your family, your business, your neighborhood? You know, Belleville, uh, here locally, I've always thought it, I've always said it's a beautiful city because of the French understanding the word, right? Beautiful city. I've heard it as a friendly city. People use that as a tag. But I love, I like going around saying, this is a beautiful city. I'm speaking uh, what the word means. I'm speaking uh, the potential for the city. When I go around the city, do you speak life or death over your city? It's so easy to tear stuff down. It's so easy to get the garbage and just talk about it and have it stinky all over you and carry it around with your friends. But to find the treasure, how many know it takes a little work to find the treasure? But when you see it, I want to challenge you to speak it out and declare something good in your community. Take the treasure and tell your friends about it. We have a choice to make. Take the easy route with the garbage can, do a little treasure hunting, and then speak it out to your community. Speak life, not death. And guess what? When you speak death, you can own it. You, I, I have, I've done it as a dad. I've messed up. I have to go apologize. You humble yourself and say, you know, back when I said, yeah, that was not what dad should have done. I should have been patient and kind and loving, thought of a solution instead of maybe it was anger, maybe whatever it was. Own your stuff in the community. Guess what? You don't have to be perfect out there. But when you make a mistake, own it. Go to those in authority or those you influenced that made a mistake. Own your stuff and say, you know what? That was on me. From now on, I'm, I'm going to go the other direction. That's called rebuilding trust. Okay, so that's number two, life talk. Number three, this is a fun one. I've just been discovering this over the last year. Number three is no agendas necessary. When you're building community, no agendas necessary. What do I mean by that? That means you don't have to come to control, to dominate, to change, or to fix people. God does that. I learned in Celebrate Recovery, we come to support one another. We don't attempt to fix one another. Isn't that freeing? I thought we were supposed to fix everybody. I, what a mess that was. That's called codependency. It's a, it's a dead-end trap. God is the one that fixes people. He's the creator. We're the brothers and sisters or the fathers or mothers or sons and daughters that come around people, remind them who they are, remind them of the truth, remind them they're loved, remind them of Jesus. But let the Holy Spirit do that. When people realize you're not coming with agendas, they're open to allowing you to serve in their community. What, do we, what we do is love and serve them without conditions. And I met two people in Uganda that were perfect at this. Dr. Juventine was a pastor and a medical doctor, and he went into northern Uganda, which is close to South Sudan, very dangerous place for Christians. There was other faiths and religions in that area. And they found out that, uh, that Pastor Juventine had arrived, and they said, Pastor Juventine, if you try to change us, we're going to kill you. He said, good, because I'm not here to change you. I'm here to serve you. And they said, what? He said, I'm not here to change you. I'm here to serve you. And he opened up his first little mobile health clinic. Well, guess what? By the time he left that part of Uganda, it was a full hospital. I mean, a legit full Western hospital in that area. He had so much favor. They, nobody cared what religion, no what, because why? He came and he served them and loved them so unconditionally. They let him. They favored this man. 
So he actually left. The work was so prosperous, he left to start another one. The second one, I can't remember her name, but she was a female uh, veterinarian, a doctor in Uganda. And so she would travel in the rural areas. In some of the areas, there was lots of warfare between the tribes. And so she would go, and she would go and help someone's uh, animals and herds and get them healthy again. But then she'd go to the other warlord across the valley and help his animals. And, she, and the whole time she's talking about the gospel with these tribes, she said, they said, you know, both of you guys have more in common than you have different both of you are, maybe you're shepherds or this or that. You both have animals. You both have people who are sick. You both need healing. You both need hope. And I have the answer to that. So all of a sudden, these different groups are starting to get along because she's sharing uh, Christ with them through serving them and the animals. She said one day they're driving down the road. The guys jumped out with uh, machine guns and just peppered the car. She slammed it in reverse and got out of there as quickly as she can. And she got back to town, and she found some of these guys. She said, why were your men shooting me? And they said, oh, doctor, doctor, we didn't know it was you. We would have never done that if we knew it was you. So she put these huge steer horns, you know, like you see in Texas. She got these huge steer horns on the front of her SUV, so they know that's doctor. And you don't shoot her car. Yeah, she, <laughs> she had these huge steer horns. And so she said, those protect me now when I go and do ministry. They know that's me. She had so much favor she didn't go in telling them what to do. She came and said, how can I serve you? You don't go in with an agenda. And here's the secret question. I don't have a lot of secrets in my life. I don't really believe in secrets, but I found a secret question, a powerful question. This is the, this is the question you want to ask in the community so that uh, there's no agenda attached. It's very simple. How can I help you? Go to your community, whatever circle. It could be a workplace. It could be whatever, and, and wherever, or a volunteer location. And you, you say this, how can I help you? Now who has the power? Them. Who has the decision-making? Them. You're available as a servant. You're not coming with all the answers, coming with all that. You're just coming to serve. This fall... Because of COVID, our local school had a lot of stipulations. We couldn't really volunteer as much because of COVID. And so I was going to send the principal a letter when the school year got started. And the Holy Spirit said, Mark, go short on this letter. And I want you to only ask her one thing. How can you help her? So it was the shortest email I've ever sent in my life. It was like two sentences. And it just had one line. How can we help you? And then I just waited. And then she began to answer. And then, so all, all we do is help. We help, and then we help. And then they might have some. All you're doing is building trust. All you're doing is serving. There's no agenda. I haven't told her, well, you know, if 5% of your church, your people at school come to our church, then we'll consider donating something. But there's no angle. The angle is, you know, we love you and value you. We love and value children and education. We want our city to prosper. How can we help you? That's the angle I have. There's only one area, if you ask that question, you say, how can I help you? There's only, there's only one thing that I can't do. And that's if someone, if someone were to ask me to do something opposite of what the gospel says, opposite of what God says, I couldn't help him with that. But you know what? The, almost the whole other part of the world I can help with. 
You can do anything. You can clean toilets. You can, you can run a vacuum. You can paint walls. You can bake goods. You can do whatever. It doesn't matter because it's not about you. Remember, when you come from the house with the Father, you're not looking to get something. You're looking to give it. So when you leave the house of the Father, you, they can ask you to, to be the CEO or they can ask you to be the janitor. It doesn't matter about titles and positions because you know whose you are. You know who your daddy is. So you're free as a son or daughter to do whatever they ask of you because your identity is not wrapped up in what you do. It's wrapped up in whose you are and who you are. So you're free. Number four, the last one, community builder number four is be faithful with a little. If you want to be a community builder, be faithful with a little because foundations matter. Have you ever thought about how bad it goes for upstairs if the foundation isn't set properly down below? So you might think, well, I'm only just helping once a week and volunteering at this place. I'm not really doing much. What a lie. We think, oh, unless I'm at the top, and I, unless I'm in the executive suite of this place or I'm at the top of this mountain, then I'll really be able to shine for Christ. Guess what? We almost all start at the bottom of the mountain to climb up. Don't be afraid of the bottom of the mountain. Don't be afraid of working in the basement. There's no shame in that. Start at the bottom of the mountain if you want to influence the top. Use what you have to bless those around you. Be faithful, be consistent, build trust. These are the basic blocks of Christianity, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. If you do that in any community setting, what are you doing? Let me read this parable to you in Luke chapter 16, 1 through 12. Or verse 10, excuse me, 10 through 12. Whoever can be trusted with a very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with a very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have, so if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? Faithful with a little, faithful with someone else's, God says, I can begin to trust you with your own. Faithful with the natural, God said, I can give you true riches in the spiritual. Are we faithful with what we already have? Sometimes we just want more, more, more. We haven't learned to be content with what God has already given us. Joseph was the perfect example of a man who could serve and be faithful in any position in his life, any bad situations. Joseph in the Old Testament was the perfect example of this. He would start in the basement over and over and over. But here's the thing. Here's the simple situation. What God showed me is as you practice faithfulness, consistency, honesty, trustworthiness, and you're just serving, you're just, you're just happy to help, one day those in authority come by and go like this. Yes, uh, Joseph, can you come up here for a minute? Well, sir, he gets out of the prison, out of the jail, out of the pit. Uh, instead of being down there, could you actually run this whole place for me? I got to head out for the weekend. I'm putting you in charge. Me? Yes, you. You were faithful with a little. I can trust you with much. So this is how it works. You're faithful. You're consistent. You're honest. You're trustworthy in the little things. 
But just be prepared because sooner or later, the authority in your life in the community is going to come knocking and they're going to call you up and they're going to ask you to do some other things. And all you have to do is be ready. All you have to do is practice. So here are the four ways to build community. Number one, the most important one is we must become so dependent on the Holy Spirit and not our own strengths. We must be Holy Spirit-driven people. We have to say, God, if it wasn't for you, I'm not going to make any impact in this city. I need you every day. I need you to fill me up with your Holy Spirit. Number two, speak life, not death. You can't build up with your hands what you're tearing down with your mouth. Number three, no agendas are necessary. All you have to do is say, how can I help? Number four, serve from the bottom up, and integrity prepares you for promotion. Okay? So this is how I want to uh, see if you want to practice some of these things today. As a representative of the kingdom of God, I want to bless you in your spheres of influence. How many of you have some sort of community interaction outside your home and outside this church? All right. So what I want to do is I want to ask if I can, I want to speak a blessing over you this morning. And those of you who are online with us, I want to know, do you want to be a community ambassador? Do you want to be an ambassador for God in your community? Is that your desire to make a difference out there? I know the church is amazing, the church family, it's home, it's the Father's house, but how many of you can't wait to make an impact outside the house? Yes. It's in our DNA, isn't it? It's what our dad created us for. So if that's you, I want you to just stand wherever you are. If you're at home, I just want you to raise your hand. But if you're here and you want to be blessed and you want to be a community ambassador, you want the Holy Spirit's uh, uh, stamp of, of sending on, upon you. You want to know that you're going out empowered and filled, without agendas, happy to serve, speaking life and not death, and completely dependent on the Holy Spirit. Is anyone hungry for that kind of role in your life? Yes. I'm hungry. Desert Stream was created for this. The church of God was created for this, to go out and make disciples. No agendas, but full of love. All right. This is going to be awesome, okay? So you know how to receive a gift, right? It's either hands up or hands out. This is how you receive. So go ahead, metaphorically, just put your hands out, get ready, because God's going to just speak to you. He's going to comfort you, and he's going to give you that, that role of ambassador. You just, you're going to get in an upgrade of promotion today and you're going to get the Holy Spirit empowerment to go out to do this. Father, in Jesus' name, whether you're online with us or in this room, we know this is a holy moment as the ambassadors have gathered, Lord, and now they need to be deputized and sent out. So we agree with the word of God that we were created, Lord, to go as your uh, uh, representatives into this community. Lord, we see the hands out. We see the hands open. And we pray now that the empowerment of the Holy Spirit would come. Just say right now, say, welcome, Holy Spirit. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Yes, welcome, Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for the ambassadors in this room. We thank you that they are agenda-free, that they're happy to serve in any situation, that they speak life and not death. Lord, that they, 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 they know how to come into a situation and bring hope and healing through Jesus Christ. Every age group, 
every aspect of community. Nobody left out, completely empowered. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, God. You are, you are community ambassadors, and I want you to go out this week full of the Holy Spirit and love, and we will be coming back here on Friday at 1030 for our Good Friday service, and then on, and register online, and we'll be here Easter Sunday, 9-11, so go forth, be blessed, community ambassadors.